Hi, everybody. So this is a bonus episode today, and I have Talia Joy here. Hi, Talia. Hi. Yay. <laughs> so I'm going to start um, putting some bonus ep episodes under, what did I decide to call them? Rebels and Misfits in Business, because um, I know that a lot of people are used to James and I recording together and just going into like all of the different taboo topics or exploring spirituality um, from a place of like laughter, from a place where you're like saying the word fuck, but then you're also talking about something really deep. <laughs> and so I really want to talk about specific things related to business just because it ties in specifically with like what I do and with my passion. And um, I want Talia to introduce herself first before we even go any further. So Talia, will you tell everyone like who you are and why I invited you to have this conversation? Okay. Um, I'm not sure why you invited me, but I know that we have a great connection and we're very like-minded and all of that. Um, so yeah, my name is Talia and I am a Canadian. I'm from the west coast of Canada on Vancouver Island, which is just like my favorite place to be. Um, and I have three kids, mom of, mom of three. So my oldest is 11 and then my middle kid is seven, seven and a half. Kids always say seven and a half, seven and three quarters. So that's how I learned <laughs> to tell their age. Uh, and my boy just turned two. So a big, a big range of all the kids. Um, and I'm also an intuitive. I'm a channel. I'm a manifestation master. Wow, manifestation master. I said I was meant to say manifestation mentor, but I like that. I'm a manifestation master. Yeah, fuck yeah, you are. Fuck yeah. yeah. And uh, an intuitive development mentor as well. So I really, I love to teach manifestation and the law of attraction. And the reason why I bring in the intuitive development, and I also talk a lot about soul's purpose. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, so sinking into their purpose. But to me, it all goes hand in hand. So the law of attraction is kind of how this all works. Um, we are attracting to us, right? It's one of the laws that we're attracting to us what we put out. But it's also really important to look at our intuition in manifesting and it, and and, you know, being led by our inner guide. And so that's a really important part of sort of creating your dream life and manifesting the things you want. And we can't really do any of that also without it. Well, we ignore our soul's purpose. So I think soul's purpose is also so important. So when you bring these all together, when you understand the law of attraction, kind of like the physics of how this is working, bring in your own intuitive gifts and pair that with sinking into purpose. It's just like that to me is the trifecta of life. It's the perfect sort of um, practice, I guess, to really be able to manifest more. So I work a lot with entrepreneurs, um, usually entrepreneurs that are more on the newbie side that are wanting to clarify their purpose and really look at how they can serve others. And then also just my, my audience is a whole bunch of seekers who just want to manifest that dream life, really want to sink into that what's more, create the life that they're here for, not the life that other people think they should be doing or the one that we stay safe in. It's like the actual life you're here for. So that kind of sums it up a little bit. But um, yes. I have, yeah. Yeah. Your podcast is how we met. And um, I want to drop some links. We'll definitely put it in the show notes as well. Um, and I was just, we have Solange backstage. I just realized that I didn't send her the links, mm. but I was like, you can get into my DMs, right? So she's going to go into our message so that yeah. she can post them for everyone that's watching live. Um, but Awakening Her is Talia's podcast. And I started to listen to it before her and I recorded an episode when I was her guest and I just fell in love with it. And then like, by the time I got to record with her, I was like, 
oh my gosh, like I, I've learned so much. Like, I feel like this is just someone that I would just like look up to as like my manifesting mentor, like on, on my own. And then we kind of developed this, this friendship because we just had so much in common and we had a lot of fun recording that episode. So I definitely want um, you, if you, especially like, I feel like for those of you that want like advanced manifesting, if you're a newbie, like she covers that. But if you're someone that's like looking for more expansiveness or, um, you know, different ways to access manifestation, like you just have to like listen to the podcast. It's one of my favorites. Just find it. Mm -hmm. Awakening her. We'll drop the link. <laughs> Thank you. It is kind of for that high level. You know, a few years ago, I really recognized that I love serving um, newbies, but really what the difference is, is I don't want to have to convince you that manifestation is real. So I find the people that find my show are the people that are like, they, they've been learning about this. They're not new to it, but they've been trying and probably manifesting some things, but are just finding that they need that next level of oomph and that, you know, what is blocking me really? Because it's good yeah. to sit here and say abundance and a million dollar mindset <laughs> and, you know, calling in the soulmate, but it's like, where's my stuff? Why, why is this not happening? Why am I still anxious? I'm trying to why get it out of the vortex. How do totally. I locate it? Like where the hell is my stuff, right? This never happens. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of something that it's like when you when you're two feet in when you're at that seeker and you're that person who you know is meant for this stuff it it becomes about more levels that's why I said it's more than just the law of attraction or else we could just just put out what we want and it would just magically come in right so we have to be looking at these different aspects so I love talking this is something that you had said that really affected you or the episode you loved on my podcast about receiving right about mm -hmm. using our intuition tapping into our purpose and what our soul's desires are our souls are what our soul is calling us to be that's why it's kind of next level is it's not that it's complicated or extreme it's actually that it's deeper levels of who we truly are so that we can unlock the life we're meant for instead of um, trying to figure out how do I just call in this $5,000? It's like, why don't we go for the life you're meant for, which will have way more than that $5,000 plus all these fulfilling relationships, plus miracles all the time, plus all this other stuff, right? Yeah. So that's kind of why it's next level, I think, is it's really about creating the dream life instead of just how do I manifest this one thing? Because you'll spend the money if you manifest it once. <laughs> we want to learn how to do it ongoing, right? <laughs> this just popped in. Like, do you feel like there's a place for like cannabis and manifestation that, mm. that goes together for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's dive in. This is good. Um, I feel that cannabis, I might call it cannabis. I might call it weed. We're just going to love totally. all of it. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. All the words. Yeah. <laughs> all the words. Um, it softens my ego. That's the best way that I can describe or the sort of starting point to talk about why I feel like it's really a positive thing and can be a positive thing in people's lives. So the first thing I'm going to say yeah. so that I don't have to say it over and over is to each his own. If you're that person like my sister or people I know that smoke it and get anxious, I'm not saying you should try to you know, get over that hump and do it more or that it's for you. If it's not for you, that's cool. But the people that it is for 
or if it's called you, or if it's intriguing plant medicine in different forms. I find what a lot of plant medicine does and what cannabis does for me is it, it takes away, if I look at the ego as almost like we have all these layers, it's like it peels away a layer of the ego and I become mm. closer to who I truly am. So I find if I'm really stressed out and I just have a toke, it's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Life actually is good. I can kind of float above, not in like an out of body way, but in, in awareness, float yeah. above and really see the truth and be like, you're going to be fine. Like you're doing well, you know, it's probably just your period coming or <laughs> feel these emotions. It's like, I kind of get that higher view of maybe why I'm freaking out or why I'm feeling mm. overwhelmed. And it just, it helps me get out of my head and just more into the truth. How do you feel about that? Is that the same yeah, for you? It does. And I feel like with both of us being moms and moms that have like little ones, like your, your other two, I know are still fairly young and balancing a business that sometimes it's easy to get kind of caught up in the 3d sort of hustle and bustle of life and like, the striving and the pushing. And, um, I know like if I look at it just through manifestation and not through the business lens yet, that like, I do feel like it, it's a layer up, right? Like I call it that frequency bridge because I do think that it's connected with the frequencies of the earth since it's, it's a plant, something that grows, you know, from the earth and that I still have to do my part, but I feel like it, it makes that connection, um, a lot easier. And I think that once I started to feel like the, the spiritual elements of it, like the intuitive elements that kind of suddenly like turn on and flow in, like it really, um, has just expanded the way that I've seen, like I, what, how I use it. It's very different from, I think the relationship that I had with it, um, like in my early twenties before I just mm -hmm. kind of like stopped and didn't, didn't touch it for a while. Um, but I do want to dive in to like, I think just talking about like our views on cannabis, like the stigma around cannabis. Um, and we'll, we will get into business, like how, if you're going to pair it with business, some things that we found that it really mm -hmm. will enhance and other things that maybe we've done that have been uncomfortable, that maybe it wasn't the best choice to use it for that specific thing, because I, I think that no one's really talking about this. At least I would have loved to hear a podcast about this when I was like developing a relationship with it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have questions, if there's certain things that you're curious about, we really want to encourage like the interaction or I'm afraid, uh, you know, for this or what are your thoughts about that? We want to hear it. We're both really open. We're both really comfortable with your questions. So ask us. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about the stigma that is here around me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. And I think this is great because just even as you said that, I realized sort of another layer of stigma. Um, so I think there's the outward stigma, of course, um, sort of, or maybe not outward, but projected onto people who smoke pot, right? There's mm -hmm. the stoners, you know, we've all seen half-baked or <laughs> maybe that's just us, but you know, you know, that sort of stigma of just like sitting around and eating chips and not really knowing what's going on and being kind of like, oh yeah, you know, an airhead and all that <laughs> stuff. That totally can happen. And that can happen with anyone. Someone could be 
sober and be sitting around all day with a bag of chips, you know, like just not present, not with it, not motivated. It can also happen with smoking pot. It can also happen with people who excessively drink. They just drink Mm -hmm. and don't get things done and aren't present in their life, right? So I think the very first thing is that any judgment and any stigma, I think it's really important to kind of strip it back and go, is it actually just that or are people kind of that way? I love to think about that with money. And I know we've talked about money before. People think like rich people are assholes. And it's like, well, that person was already an asshole and being rich just made them more so. So if you're a kind person and a generous person, being rich just makes you more that and I think that that's something to look at with with pot too, is like, it's all how you use it. It's all the, the relationship you have with it. Of course, there's stoners, but there's also really, you know, super productive, powerful people making a difference in the world that use cannabis, use cannabis daily. So totally. um, yeah, so I think I definitely feel that and I've shared with you, but this is the first time I've ever really spoken about it live on my yes. podcast. I've kind of been cash, like, you know have a glass of wine, smoke a joint, whatever. I've kind of like put it in there. Um, but I've never really come out and talked about it. And that's because there's a stigma. So that's mm-hmm. a really obvious place it plays out within myself is like, you know, are people going to take me seriously? Are they going to think that I'm just stoned all the time or that, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I don't care. Um, because I know the work I do, my clients get the results, I just need to come up and over to know that there's lots of people out there that are suffering with the same thing. So I think that's the first stigma is like, are people going to take me seriously, right? And I see people do this all the time, even just if someone doesn't have a business, but they're a mom, are they are people going to think I'm a bad mom, because I smoke pot or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, use cannabis, maybe it's gummies, or it's oils, or it's whatever for pain or anxiety, or just because they want to have that elevated mood, whatever, right. But I do see people hiding it. I do see like, you know, that that feeling of being judged. Do you experience that? Yes. And it's we talked about how like wine and moms like go together and how everyone's just like, cool with it. And that's a thing. And it's so interesting, because um, I do think like with cannabis being legal in a lot of places Mm -hmm. in the world at this point, it's the same fucking thing. (laughs) And actually, I feel like it's a lighter um, like I, I don't have time to be hungover. Like if I drink wine, like it's going to give me a massive headache in the morning. And with my kids, I just, I, I don't want to feel that way. Um, and so I do feel like, um, it, it's almost like because we've been so programmed that it's like drugs are bad, you know, and everything's been lumped into one category. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to put it in, into that category instead of holding it as something like wine where you can have, um, a different kinds of relationships with it. Right. And like Mm -hmm. that there's different, uh, ways, you know, times that you will choose to like drink wine or whatever alcohol you're going to choose. There's different amounts that you can use that are going to, you know, have different outcomes. And it's like, everyone just wants to automatically kind of put, um, I think like a stigma that it's just like, Oh, drugs are bad. It's, Mm -hmm. and it's just coming from their, their programming there. And I think that there was very, deliberate programming um related to cannabis like what was that like in the 70s or when were they putting out wasn't all that like, like reefer madness yes because <laughs> mm-hmm. like you were gonna go insane people that smoke marijuana go insane like insane asylum insane <laughs> so crazy which is not really the stigma now but um it's interesting how it's always been tabooed right yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I the first time I've talked about it live was actually on someone's podcast as well. 
And it, um, it was called motherhood and marijuana because they asked me what was like the most um, kind of maybe tender or sort of what was at my edges that like I would be willing to talk to, but it feels a little bit uncomfortable. So I feel like it was maybe like last year at some point that I was talking about it for the first time. And it was uncomfortable because I knew that there would be a lot of things projected onto me. I know that I have different family members that have opinions that are totally seeing that stereotype. Um, and it, and it's always interesting because I'm like, okay, so if they knew that I liked beer, were they worried about my ability to mother my children when they knew that I liked, um, you know, beer or wine, but now all of a sudden, like I'm a different person, like mm -hmm. that, that morally there's something that was triggered within them where they can't, they, they now question my ability to make good choices for myself mm -hmm. and my family. Like that always was a very, um, confusing for me, but I decided to start talking about it because as I've gone through the, maybe the shadow work and the integration work, when I noticed that I'm holding something back or I'm holding something in shame, I question it and I want to release it because I, I know that that's going to create, uh, mm. I guess that's how it's related to manifesting is that's going to create some energy for something else for a higher frequency within mm -hmm. me. And so um, that's why I decided to start to like go public with it and, and to talk about it to kind of be a part of the solution <laughs> of mm -hmm. not being a stigma. Um, what, what made you want to start talking about it? I love all of that. There's so much. I love to also, I'd love to loop back after about the alcohol marijuana type thing. Um, but I mean, first of all, it, I want to talk about it because it's a part of who I am and I haven't yet. So I'm always looking as a mentor, as a teacher, as someone who wants to help people, as a parent, as a human, I'm always looking to go, how can I be a little bit more authentic or where am I holding back? And I used to think being authentic was like, I had to share everything, every bad mood, every pimple, every meal I had, I had to go on Instagram to be authentic and transparent. So I realized that's not how it is. But if there's something I notice I'm avoiding or I'm nervous to talk about, let's look at that, right? Let's just see why am I nervous about mm -hmm. that? What's going on? So that made me want to step forward. Also, I've had so many clients that have expressed to me their um, struggle with being like, I smoke pot. Like, is, is that okay with our coaching? Like, I won't be high on the call, but like, I just wanted to be upfront and I'm going, wow, there's a lot of stigma around here. A lot of people thinking that you can't be productive or you're going to be viewed as like, you don't take your life seriously if you also use cannabis or something like that. And so, yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I want to talk about it is like, first of all, a lot of people do it or don't really care are still going to love and appreciate my message or, or, or sort of, and I noticed I was hiding it or not hiding it, but just not talking about it. And that's something that I, I really want to be really authentic. I noticed there's some comments here. Yeah. So she's, Amy says being sick almost 30 years ago, my oncologist recommended marijuana it completely changed the experience of chemo and saved my life in so many ways. It's a powerful gift from God. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And there's been times where I've been sick, not like that. Um, and thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry you had to go through it, but it led you to marijuana, I guess, right? Um, uh -huh. 
but yeah, I, I, there's been times where I've not felt well or I have body pain. That's kind of my thing is like back pain, sort of chronic pain that I've been really healing with my mind, which is fun. But I used to notice that when I'd be in a lot of pain, I don't want to take a Tylenol personally. I didn't want to take hardcore pain medication. And But when I smoked pot or when I had a gummy or when I something, it would just lessen all of it. And it was like some of the things, yeah, I still felt it. It didn't numb me, which is good. I yeah. didn't want to be numbed, but I just felt better. And my mind also wasn't so focused on, oh, my rib or my hips or my, oh, my mind was able to like relax. So I actually to loop it back, I think that's how it comes into manifestation is mm. for lack of better words, it allows you to chill a little bit, which your yeah. vibration is everything. So if at the end of the day, if you, and we're not talking about avoiding or spiritual bypassing but if you get to the end of your day and instead of sitting there with your partner or you know replaying in your day how stressful it was if mm. you take a toke and you just go like oh I got through that day you know yeah <sighs> and you just relax maybe you write in a journal or watch a funny show or whatever that to me is powerful manifesting. That to me is altering your vibration. That's shifting your mindset instead of focusing on what's not working, right? So it is a yes. fine line. We don't want to avoid our stuff by numbing all day. But also our brain does a lot of things that hold us back that if we could just bypass that or, or loop around it, um, yes. like continuously playing fear, continuously obsessing over what you did and didn't do. If you can just make you chill a little bit, kind of get that better perspective or sort of more healthy perspective that shifts your vibration, which shifts your manifestation. So there are a lot of ways that for me, it, it comes into manifestation. I started to feel my emotions come up because I'm in such an intense period with my kids right now. And um, I don't even think I've shared with you that my son was diagnosed with autism, like mm. just maybe a week ago, but we've, I mean, we've been on the journey there's been like so long of like waiting for appointments. So it's like my four and a half year old is, he's kind of more like a toddler. And then I have a daughter that's turning two in a couple months. And so two is like starting to get intense. She was our easy <laughs> child and we ended up taking them to Knott's Berry farm. And they're like both having meltdowns. Like the two year olds, like throwing herself like on the ground, like at an amusement park. And my son is just like, it's kind of overwhelming for him. And so he was freaking out and then everyone's just looking at us. And I noticed like, there's like a lot of safety concerns as well with like that age where your child will just start or where my son will just like get distracted and dart because of his sensory stuff. And it's like, my nervous system is on high alert a lot when I'm with the kids and everything that you're saying, it's like for me to be able to um, sometimes just take a step back. It's like, I take a lot of time to process all of it, but sometimes my body just needs a fucking break from that. And I just want to like relax or I might need, like, sometimes I enjoy before I come into readings, you know, or into recording a podcast, utilizing it as something to help me transition and almost like my sacred, like, um, process, you know, as like my ritual of like being like, okay, they're okay. They're with dad or someone's taking care of them. And I'm just going to like, let myself relax into this moment and mm -hmm. know that I can be like, um, here for myself or here for other people. And so, um, I'm just really grateful that I've found it for that reason as well. Um, because I do think like when I ask my spirit team and when I tune in, they tell me yes over and over again, because I think that they brought it to me as medicine. And um, just like how Amy was saying, like, it's like 
seeing it as like natural medicine that came from the earth, like it's just been, I'm so grateful mm. <laughs> for it in so many different ways. And so. So if you um, think of, you're talking about nervous system and just being like overstimulated and, you know, or I was talking about pain in my body, you know, not to slam any sort of any general anything, but like your normal doctor is going to give you what, like an anti-anxiety medication, um, tell you to pop some pills, or your friends might say just down a bottle of wine. So what are we choosing, right? Like we get to choose the way that we handle life and we get to choose what is best for us. And I love what you said right at the beginning that it's a plant. So it kind of taps you in or not kind of, it taps you into plant frequency, which to me is so, wise and loving and like a warm hug versus the pharmaceutical that to me feels very, it's very acidic. It's very, you know, man-made, it's very chemically. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying never to take a pill and all this extreme stuff, but when you have a choice and there's so many people that can lean on the earth and lean on marijuana and cannabis in all the different forms to feel that relief. And I think that that's okay. You know, I, you know, being really honest in my own mind, I've often thought, but I don't want to need anything, right? And I don't know if anyone can relate. I don't want to need anything to get by because I don't want to have to cope. It's kind of like needing the drink to survive the day. I yeah. am very aware of my addictive personality. And so I check myself and I go, I don't want to have to need anything to cope with my kids. Like when I flip into that, I almost get hard on myself. And I'm like, I don't want to need to do this, have to do this in order to cope with my day. But again, when I consult my spirit team, when I get back into my love center, it's like, well, you'd use meditation to do that. You do. Mm. You use yoga to do that. There's times sometimes I'm frustrated and I'm like, mom just needs a minute. And I go upstairs and I sit on my bed and I meditate. And it flips my mood and I come back going, okay, I'm ready to make you all lunches. You know, it no longer bothers me that they're all different <laughs> and that you're going to complain about them. Let's do this, right? So sometimes it's like, it's okay to need things to transition or to ease the mind. And I choose natural generally, right? I choose mm -hmm. natural. And so that's a thing that cannabis does do for me that I feel that it's okay. So I kind of felt called to share with some, you know, if there's someone watching that feels like I don't want to need it to cope, or what if I'm yeah. just using it as a coping strategy. And again, in the in the theme of authenticity, I smoke it every day, I'm just going to come straight out and say that. So anything you do every day, I go red flag, why do I need to do this every day, right? So I got to a point actually last year, my husband and I both had this little like, are we relying on it too much? Like life is dense and it's like, I will tag team you. Like I'll take the kids out to the park. You have some time and then you take the kids out and I'll have some time. Why do we need that? Right? So we both said, why don't we do a month sober? So we went, mm -hmm. we did sober October and we didn't, we don't drink um, or noteworthy enough, you know, maybe once a year, but we don't drink. It was, it was for marijuana and we went a, a month sober. And the thing that was so interesting to me is I felt the same. Maybe I've got a buildup from the last 35 <laughs> years, reservoirs in my system. But really, though, I noticed this amazing level of being able to cope with a deep breath, being able to go to my journal or have a bath or do any of the other things that I also do to cope from a hard day. And, you know, halfway through, I was like, yeah, I like to smoke a weed. I, I like to smoke weed. It's kind of like my friend. I miss my friend, my roommate, you know, but I'm fine. 
And it shocked me. I actually deep down was scared that I'd come out of it being like, I need it. And then going like, okay, Talia, we need to do some work. But I got through it going, you know what? I really felt the same. There was moments of overwhelm. There was moments where I found relief, release and relief uh, in other tools. It was yeah. great. And at the end, I actually just naturally eased back in. And it was kind of this non-existent, like I thought it would be a bigger deal. So that was something interesting too, is I decided after all my years to go and take a break. And it really validated that I don't need it in an unhealthy way, but I yeah. love it in a healthy way. And that to totally. me was like such a shift. Well, how many moms are addicted to like coffee, for instance, and that's plant medicine. And so I think that's the plant medicine that everyone is utilizing, mm. that most people are giving to their kids that no one is realizing that it's it's a stimulant that our bodies actually, um, for anyone that drinks regular coffee, I'm drinking coffee right now. And um, your body will go into withdrawal if you don't um, drink it overnight. And like people need it to they, they like, oh, I can't go on like, or I don't want to have anything until I have my coffee. And it's because that's like what brings them to their normal point. And so mm. I just want to bring in that perspective that anyone's that's like thinking about, uh, I, th I think we just don't often hold it. It's just so normalized in our culture that we're not even realizing that plant medicine is actually a part of a lot of people's day already, that the majority mm. of people actually do have some kind of an addiction with it. And, um, do you, do you choose coffee or do you not mm -hmm. even you know? No, I okay. choose coffee. I yeah. gave up that to be spiritual, you have to be off caffeine. <laughs> I was like, why do all these gurus do it and for years? I'm like, I shouldn't drink. I love it. I love my coffee. Um, so yeah, I, I drink black coffee. I get really good stuff. We get it ordered and it's organic and all that stuff because health is important to me. And so I just go good quality. I go black personally and I love it. I, I love yeah. it. Um, often I'm like, I've only had four cups today. I don't know why I'm shaky, <laughs> but they're like this big. Um, and yeah, and there's been times I do cleanses, the same thing where I'll go periods without having it. And it, I always come back to the same thing. It's like, I actually just really love it. And yeah. that's something I was going to say about alcohol. And then I want to get to someone's comment here um, about alcohol is that you were saying about, you know, moms and wine or getting together for a barbecue, B BYOB, or there's a cooler over there, go help yourself. It's so normal. I am a way better person when I've had a toke than when I've had a drink. I don't turn into any kind of bad person, but it, I feel like alcohol makes me feel just like, probably actually an extra layer of ego or a little bit like out of my body, out of my power, out of my creativity, out of my, not out of my spirit. Cause you're never out of it, but yeah, out of touch with my spirit. I think I, I feel like I have a drink and subtly inside I can feel myself slowly tapering the hose, disconnecting myself from source. Whereas cannabis, I feel like it opens up my connection to source. And so that's a difference too. When you think about parenting, mm -hmm. I don't go and, you know, I'm not someone who I'm just smoking pot in front of my kids. Personally, I don't, but I also don't lie about it. We don't like, I talk about it with them and they've yeah. asked me what it is and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm a better person. So if you had me at a gathering, I am not showing up for my kids in as 
nice of a way if I've had a bunch of alcohol versus if I've had a toke. So it's almost like before we judge each other and judge parents and judge women and judge them, just look at what it does for them and what it does for you. And some people have a glass of wine and they're their best self. That to them is abundant. They're sitting around with girlfriends and they're (laughs) loving it. To me, I don't feel good. I get that headache. It's like right away it hits me. And then the next day, even if it's a glass of wine, I'm hungover. I don't feel good. Yeah. But I'll sit there and have a toke with you. And, and that's my version. So I think that's part of just kind of it's not everyone's flavor, whether it's cannabis or it's alcohol or whatever else. It's it's all what resonates with you, what makes you feel that sort of step closer to who you truly are or like you're totally. more of who you are. Mm, yeah, it definitely allows me to feel more present and to kind of slow things down, which I think is like why it's good for some things in business. Mm-hmm. And not others, which we're definitely we're working up our way to there. But I do want to go to Sarah because I um Solange told me this is Sarah's comment. She said, So I was able to share some of these same thoughts on cannabis with some doctors while in Jamaica. They truly had no idea on the effects. They asked if I would go through withdrawals, and I expressed exactly what you just said to Leah about not needing it all the time, but it helps. Oh my god, I have so many thoughts. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yes. And I've heard about withdrawals, uh, withdrawals from cannabis. And when I went, did my 30 days, I didn't experience anything. Um, I didn't experience anything. Actually, there was one thing. <laughs> Transparency hour. Here we go. I'm going to be honest. Okay. About a week into not smoking, about a weekend, I started to notice BO, which is so funny because me and my husband are kind of <laughs> hippies and we tell each other, we're like, okay, we're going to be hippies. So tell me if I stink. Okay. And then I'll know it's time to use the deodorant. Okay. But anyways, I actually smelled more BO and I was like, this is weird. And I looked it up and I saw that that was a side effect of like detoxing from something. Wow. Um, and then it kind of just like went away because I like generally don't really smell, but I just noticed that it went away after. And that was something that I still haven't figured out. I've never heard anyone else. I've never talked to anyone else. It was like me too. But it was almost like a physical detox, I guess. But I didn't notice really any symptoms. I almost picture myself, am I going to be shaky? Am I going to be, you know, unable to manage? There was nothing. It was really, really chill. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think the other thing, um, like my transparent thing that I shared with you, um, and I feel a nose tickling for whatever reason, like when spirit wants me to channel, they kind of tickle my nose. And I do feel like there's um, a connection for me with like uh, weed and channeling and it allows me to slip into that state. But I feel like that's like a separate conversation. Um, A lot of people know that my best friend, James, is completely sober. Like he works a recovery program and he's actually the one of the ones in my life though that is very encouraging for me as like a normie to utilize weed, to utilize that as a tool. Um, and I love though that I feel really comfortable with him because I know that he's not going to judge me that if I want to explore my relationship with it or if I want to say, okay, I wonder if I cross the line or I wonder if this is okay. Like, I love that I have someone in my life that I know really understands addiction and what it looks like or is going to fucking call me on my shit if he feels like I'm getting out of hand with it or utilizing it too much as a crutch. And uh, I'm very much appreciative of like the, the sober friends that I have in my life that I can have those conversations with. 
I want to say a couple months ago, and this is what prompted this conversation about cannabis and business. Um, I told him that I'm like, okay, I feel like there's certain things in business that I'm using it for. Like, um, I think I had like a potential client call and I'm like, and I think I'm a, like sabotaging a little bit. Like I, I kind of have to push things too far sometimes. Um, and make some mistakes sometimes before I can like rewind and be like, okay, I actually don't think this was right for me. And I learned something. Mm -hmm. I really was such a good girl. Like I feel like all through college and um, it's a lot of the things that I've had to break down um, in my life to be myself because I was just such a rule follower and I was very concerned about um, making other people comfortable and whether they like approved of me and what I did and thought that I was a great person in every way. And that was exhausting. I don't do that anymore. Um, and so I think as with the process with cannabis, like it's really only been the last year and a half, like since, you know, before my early twenties where I have this like regular relationship with it, where I'm, I would, I'd say it's almost every day. Like, um, there's days where I'll like not choose it. Um, but I love it. And I feel like if I'm doing readings or, you know, just hanging out on my, on my own, like I, I like to choose it and include it in my experience. But, um, I had to push some of the boundaries because I had to figure out what was right for me. And I think that I was questioning, okay, well, I don't live like a normal life and I work for myself and I have this very, you know, I work with spirit. I work in this very unconditional way. So, um, I had to sort of like just experience all of it and like learn what felt right for me. And I didn't really, I guess, know any other way to do it rather than just like doing it and then being like, that didn't feel good. That did feel good. I think I'll do that again. Um, but I know that like, for me, like when I, brought it into like a potential client call, for instance, I felt like I was very paranoid that they could tell that I had smoked. Um, and that I would look into every like little facial expression and I didn't know them and I didn't really feel comfortable with them. Uh, I think in my mind, I was like, well, if I smoke weed, maybe I just want to like, let people know this is me. And they're, that's just how they got to know me. Um, so I'm not judging myself in any way really about doing it. I'm totally comfortable talking about it, but I didn't feel like I put my best foot forward that I was like, how you were saying in our, our messages, our memos, like, I didn't feel like I could be really sharp and on top of things and like, noticing certain things in the conversation and going back to it. And so that's one of the things that I decided, like, I'm not going to do anymore. It just didn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. And I, I am that person as well. I need to push the boundaries and, you know, kind of sabotage and multiple times before I go like, oh, okay, this isn't working. Um, not, I mean, I, I feel like with cannabis, it hasn't been multiple times, but because it kind of shakes me, actually, if I have a situation where I kind of go like, oh, I shouldn't have smoked. I kind of like, I don't know, I think I learn faster than when it's just my own classic self-sabotage. Um, <laughs> because it's other people's time and money, it's something that I kind of became aware of that I was like, ooh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't for me mm -hmm. personally. Um, so for me, I look at it like anytime there's creation, anytime there's a focus on flow, anytime there's a space to just be channeling, to just be like in it, I feel like it complements it really nicely. For me, it's only a yes. little bit. I feel like I just need like a little bit um, and it complements it really nicely. Or if it was like smoking a joint, 
an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, then that's okay. But either way, to me, I can't be so fresh um, generally. Um, yes. So for me, it's any creation, any flow. I love, like you're saying, the card readings. When I get to do card readings for people and record it, that's a nice time that it just opens me up. But yes. any time that I'm really on it, when I'm in coaching sessions, when I'm, it sounds funny, but when I'm doing the numbers, like every Thursday is my finance day, I'm not going to do it before I start like calculating and data inputting and Excel sheeting doesn't totally. really work for me. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm trying to <laughs> think of big plans, like I sit and I plan out my business, like even if it's just for the next two months and I'm going, okay, so if there's a program here and it's seven weeks and then the challenge will be here and then I'll start from a, I don't like that to be the time time because I'll honestly find myself like over here staring at something pretty and then I'm like <laughs> I should really paint my nails you know and yes. it's like Talia focus but when there's that permission to be free like when I'm doing course creation when I'm just like riffing and writing and journaling and even doing images and doing um yeah kind of that yes. type of thing where I'm all flow basically then yeah. it's a beautiful compliment and I find the same in my life when we have like a busy day of back-to-back -back kids and there's like birthday parties and especially when we we're doing like online school at the beginning of COVID I wouldn't smoke weed before that because it feels like it chaos it makes there it's like I'm trying to make sense of things in my mind and it's just yeah. all like a painting of flowing colors in my mind but when I get to just be you know even if we're with the kids and we're going on a hike or something and my husband and I have like a little toke right before or something yes. then I find it's more of like we're having fun we're leaping through the forest not tripping out but just you know, just it complements the situation. So I think that's a that's a place where I got to where I authentically and I ask myself this every day, is this supporting me right now? Yes. Or is it sabotaging me right now? And yes. so even before this, I decided that smoking right before would be sabotage because I want to clearly talk about it. But two hours ago, and kind of I went to the beach and I was writing and I was getting into it. And it was really like that was preparing me for it. And so it was the energy for it. It was really fun, but not five minutes before, just for me personally. So I've had yeah. to really discern, is this helping me or is this masking, sabotaging, covering up, you know, something that I don't want to address? Because there are times when life is dense and my husband's like, we need to do this about the taxes and you need to do the new patient form at the dentist and we need to do this. And I'm like, I just want to smoke a joint. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. So then I acknowledge Talia, be an adult, get your stuff done and then go to the beach and enjoy it. So for me, it's been this like process of really just acknowledging is this supporting the situation or is yeah. it actually interfering with the situation? And um, yeah, that, that's how I kind of discern is if it's going to serve me today or not, or right now. Totally. Or not. I feel like the same. I feel like the anytime, even if I'm like trying to upload something like a new podcast, if I have to go to a bunch of different websites and I'm like downloading from here and putting it here, I feel like there's too many things and I either get distracted or it slowed me down so much that I just can't track like that. And mm -hmm. I end up um, not feeling productive in those moments. But I completely agree. Like if I'm going to um, be doing a readings for somebody, um, it, it's, it really enhances because I feel like we want to slow down in those moments. Like that's more connected. I feel like to like the feminine energies mm -hmm. of like, I was just going to say that the intuition, yeah. the receiving. Mm -hmm. And so 
if it's something where it is going to benefit me, just like meditation would really slow us down with my like current life where I was like, I don't have time to always meditate for an hour before I get into those moments when my kids are older, that'll be another choice for me. <laughs> but uh, I do really feel like, um, the creativity, the intuition, um, anytime I want to give myself some sort of like freedom and spaciousness to see what comes in, um, that's, those things work really well for me and I feel like it enhances mm -hmm. and it's adding to what I'm doing in the business mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I love how you said the feminine because that's exactly what was coming through as you started speaking as I was thinking it's so interesting about the masculine and the feminine and the masculine is the structure and the numbers and the planning and the projecting and the, you know, goals <laughs> and the feminine is the flow and is the receiving and is the creative and it's the colors and it's the fonts and it's the fun stuff that we get to like dive into or the readings, the channeling, right? So maybe if there's people watching that have businesses or maybe just even apply to this in your everyday life is like yes. when you have to do the masculine things, I find, and you can search, you know, I'd love to even hear with everybody listening is, you know, when do you find it does support you? But, you know, I wouldn't do it right before going to the bank to open some account or to do taxes because I find it would cloud my mind. So it's almost like do the masculine um, in the clear head. So we'll use the coffee for the masculine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, give yourself the permission to be in the feminine. And that's mm -hmm. when people do use plant medicine, even something like ayahuasca or other things. Even you think of sage or Palo Santo, it, it opens up the more feminine. It opens up mm -hmm. the like receiving and the flow. So whether it's cannabis or anything else, it's like create the space in which you can have it there safely. Um, and then really enjoy it, you know, like for mm -hmm. me, I'll do the finance stuff in the morning and then I have a whole afternoon of creativity. So that's the yeah. exact place where if I was going to bring it into that day, if I was choosing it that day, that's where it would come for me because that makes sense. That's after I'm done my money stuff and then I can yes. transition into the creation and the journaling and the whatever else we're doing. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that that's sort of advice but also you know feel it out for you but it seems to be something that really works for me and then I don't get into a situation where I'm like oh no I really shouldn't have done that because now I have to do this um, and just kind of gives the container and the space for it to flourish and give you what it's here to give you right which is that creativity yeah. it is that source consciousness in my opinion I completely agree. And I do think I often just look at like what's ahead in my day, like what's on my my calendar. And then I make a choice around it based on like kind of like pairing. You know what I mean? Like if totally like wine pairing. Right. I feel like this is like cannabis or weed pairing for business. Um, I do think that I started to feel like a little bit. I think shitty one day, like I feel like my inner critics were just really active and I was like, oh, is this just like terrible? Am I just a completely irresponsible person that I'm like including this in my business? Because if you were to think about someone like drinking on the job, you'd be like, oh, they're such a loser. They're so irresponsible. Like we can't take that person seriously. So I think that I did have to break break down some of the stigmas of like who I thought I needed to be to be taken seriously and to be like a worthy worthwhile person mm -hmm. um, while working. But I feel like whenever you have a business, you have to redefine all of that shit. Like mm -hmm. you, you have to like let go of it and define it for yourself. So I've definitely been 
thinking about that. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I think it's going to be relatable for other people. Mm, yeah, I love that. And it's kind of like, you know, we need mentorship, medicine, healing, we all do. And so the way in which you pick it is up to you, right? And yeah. plants are such a beautiful facilitator for transformation. And um, I forget what that guy's name is, the guy that's all about psilocybin. He's like the king of like, um, anyway. Uh, but he said basically the way to enlightenment, or he's like, you wanna have some big breakthroughs is do a dose of psilocybin or mushrooms put a blindfold on and lay on a yoga mat in like inside, basically meditate on it, let it move through you, let it kick in and just stay there. And he's like, you will discover areas of yourself that you never saw before. And that's always stuck in my mind as like, we use these plants intentionally, or there was mm. me at 13 taking mushrooms, just getting like completely screwed, losing my phone or pager at that time, <laughs> um, ending up somewhere, blah, 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 right? So there's different ways to use these things. And I think that mm. that's also something that I had to mature into. I was yes. totally a stoner when I was a teenager. And I was going to say that before with stigmas, I carry that of myself, judgment mm. of myself at that time and times when I look in the mirror and still see that person, just like I used to be 60 pounds heavier. There's times I look in the mirror and I see that version of myself and I'm like, cool. It's like, we kind of got to catch up with the changes we've made. Right. Yeah. So there's also that self judgment. Right. And then I have to stand back and go, I'm not that person anymore. And I am responsible and I am who I am doing a great job in life. And so we all need medicine. And that's kind of the shift is like, it's not something I abuse and kind of let suck my life away or ruin my life. It's actually something that enhances my experience. And I'm okay without it because I do a lot of deep work to enhance my experience anyway, right? Totally, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's like, well, I definitely want to try mushrooms at some point and I'm like trying to talk my husband into because I've never experienced it and um, I do feel like I do really value again my sober friends because they've just experienced everything and that I can go to them <laughs> knowing that they've had a wide array of experiences and be like okay so where should I go from here like what's safe okay so you feel like mushrooms before I would love to try ayahuasca at some point like now that I I'm, I'm done breastfeeding. I'm like, I want to have all of these like spiritually plant medicine enhanced experiences. Um, but I, I definitely feel you on like that. It's going to depend on your vibrational state. And that that's why I, I didn't think about it this way when I was 20, because I was a different person and I could only experience it. I think through the vibration that I was at. And mm. now like we've done the deep work, we've done a lot of, we do, actively the shadow work we're always like looking at expanding ourselves and raising our frequency and so it's sort of like i think the 5d experience of cannabis versus the 3d experience mm. of cannabis and if we feel like um you know we know in the 5d that everything is all about love and expansion and that uh you know everything's coming into our experience to really serve us i do feel like um, that's like a big differentiator that I would mm -hmm. see. And so I do think that might be one of the ways other than just people's individual body, you know, biology mm -hmm. or chemistry, um, that their frequency is definitely going to have an impact on how they're experiencing it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. I really do think that the earth provides us with all that we need, you know, the materials, the medicine. And when we look at it like that and use it in a way that, like I was kind of saying, like, is this serving me? It's almost like the only thing ruining that now is our own judgment of ourselves, or caring what they think or trying to hide it or feeling, you know, at that point, it's almost like, does it make you feel good? Then yes, you know, and, and this is just a personal thing. I don't want to, you know, um, judge anyone for what you drink or take or whatever. Um, but for me personally, I like to look at what happens when somebody does a lot of something. So alcohol, mm -hmm. what happens when someone drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks over the course of a night, they become sloppy and gross and often belligerent or violent or puking or they fall over and miss the whole night or whatever, right? <laughs> what happens when someone smokes a lot of pot? It's like they start eating chips and they'll probably go to bed, right? They go to bed at like 10 p.m. or be like, where did Justin go? It's like, oh, he smoked a huge one and he's in bed. It's like, oh yeah, I've never seen, personally, I've never seen someone smoke too much pot and pick a fight or yeah. become belligerent or, you know, that's just my personal experience. I've never mm -hmm. seen anything like I see with alcohol. I'm not yeah. gonna recommend ever doing it in driving, but you have a couple drinks and you can't drive. If you smoke pot three hours ago, chances are you're fine. Again, that's yeah. not, I'm not prescribing that. I'm just saying yeah. there's a difference in the way that it feels, right? So mm. I have a history with drugs. I was going through a time of an eating disorder and was drinking a lot and found cocaine because it was just around people were partying and it was the perfect thing at the time for me to not eat and to have all the energy and all that. And I struggled because my head was in such a horrible place that I was using anything to get out of it. So I look at that, there's no amount of that that makes me any yeah. kind of a good person feel good in myself. It was actually the first thing I had experienced that I recognized. I feel so uncomfortable with myself and I'm alone. And I remember mm. going like, whoa, this is not good for you because I could have a beer or a glass of wine alone and just be like vacuuming and doing stuff. It's fine. <laughs> or smoke a joint, right? But that was something that was like, I don't, it was just so toxic feeling. So again, coming back to your own intuition and about mm. how things feel to you. And I look at marijuana, cannabis, weed, pot, whatever you want to say, and I look at it and I go, this does nothing but make me feel good. In fact, it makes me want to smile just talking about it, right? And and say you're with somebody who feels the same about it and we're talking like we are, saying like, isn't yes. it so great with creativity? All of a sudden you're like, yeah, it's amazing. But it's just when you feel judged or feel like scared that you're going to be judged that we tend to like dampen, well, maybe I have a problem and maybe I should be more like, you know, rigid Susie over there. And like maybe, you know, and it just, <laughs> if it feels good, that's your guide. That is truly yeah. your guide. And if it becomes a problem, it won't feel good anymore. So mm. trust in that, trust yes. in that, right? Yes, yes. Um, I feel like it'd be fun to pull a card to be like, spirit, what messages do you want to bring forward today mm. around cannabis? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just yeah. see what comes up. Um, yeah. I think another thing, like we had a plant medicine podcast episode and we had um, one dude that's like a a psychedelic integration kind of coach, which is like really interesting and cool. I feel like if I were to like, want to have an ayahuasca experience, I'd really like love to prepare for it, you know, and love to like understand like what I want my body to surrender to and like someone to talk to and like, let me like, you know, 
remember the experience or go deeper into it. Um, but I, I know that one of the things that he brought up, like around plant medicines in general, is that especially probably more in the U.S. than Canada, but that like during the time that there was a lot of war going on and um, there were soldiers that were using some of these plant medicines, like uh, the, a lot of them would start to question, like, what am I doing here? Like they, they're not as easily, um, I feel like, set on a path like to go fight like we need mm. you to go fight we need you to do what we say it really puts you into like a slow down let me question things let me ponder things let me reflect mm. so if you think about what the government's perspective is going to be on a population that they probably want to control and sort of have the, the ability to mold like there are going to be things like that that they're going to push people away from mm -hmm. um and alcohol is legal and it has been for a long time but a lot of times people do get into kind of states of like fear um or they might you know some people might feel more anxious i guess it just depends on the person but uh, versus something that's going to allow them to question, to kind of ponder and look within. And so I do think that sometimes when we're looking at what's legal and what's not, that's like one factor to see um, based on who's making the decisions and what, what they want us to do. Sorry, there's a garbage truck like right outside. There's some sound effects. <laughs> um, I think the other part that was interesting is a guy that came to talk to us about cannabis is saying that it actually used to be in tinctures behind every pharmacy counter and that there was certain um, populations, a lot of times it was like the, the black and Mexican communities that were growing it themselves so that they can have their own medicine and that they didn't have to pay for it. But because there was a time when um, racially, like there was, they were trying to put more people of color in prison. Like that's why there's a whole thing about decriminalization decriminalization is that like mm -hmm. it was actually um, made illegal to kind of target these different communities. And so it's sort of like a byproduct of um, a time when there was a lot of discrimination and, and prejudice. And I just feel like everyone to really see the big picture of why something is illegal or called a drug or labeled as bad. Like, I think there's a lot of different lenses to see it through that I want people to consider so that they're not just choosing the programmed viewpoint that someone literally kind of programmed them and told them to think at a young age that they're actually in a place of like choosing it and deciding for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's, it kind of reminds me of the subconscious programming that is passed on generationally, you know, with women or with witches or with whatever it is. And it's, yeah, the same with that is it's like, there's this programming that has been from way before even our time that we're not even aware of why, you know, um, why we think of things in this way. And I think it is a really nice, it's a good place to start with cannabis and thinking about that because what is really that bad about it, right? And you mm -hmm. could say, oh, it, it's an alterant or whatever, but booze is legal, right? So yeah. it is something that it's kind of like, what is actually that bad? It, it is a plant and it does, you know, like you said, they don't want people to be thinking and having expansive thought and questioning things. And that's so interesting about fighting because I could totally see as you get more in touch with your authentic self, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that would go like, wait a minute, I don't want to fight. I don't want it, you know, 
I don't know if I stand for this. Is this my values? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas everyone else, it's like, I don't want you thinking about your values. We want you to just go out and fight, right? Yep. And that's the same with a lot of things. They don't want us to know that earth food can heal us because they want us to take pharmaceuticals or they don't want us to be free thinkers or know we can manifest things because they want us to stay in lack and stay, you know, not question things. So there, there is a lot that happens from the man or from you know, yeah. over time and, and the way we think about things. So yeah, it is really, that's really fascinating to think about it like that. What kind of card deck should we pull from? Maybe the Starseed deck? Or mm, that's a nice one. Yeah. Think, yeah. You like that one? Okay. Is that Rebecca Campbell? Yeah. That one, yeah. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Were, weren't you reading one of her books or no? Well, well maybe that was my other friend. I have read both her books, but a few years ago. I think I might be thinking of a different friend, but okay. So we're going to see what spirits um, messages, the, the thing that they want to bring through on this, this topic mm. of cannabis. And I'm just going to read it from the book directly. Ooh. So let me open this. I don't like that these decks, I feel like, are harder to, like, find the page, though. Because they're not numbered? <laughs> they're not numbered, no. And so I always feel like when I use the book. Okay. Okay, so I want to say the main message of this is about slowing down <laughs> and when we want to slow down. Um, so the card is called, it says wait, but it's talking about things are being woven. It says it's not time yet, but we're going to. Wouldn't that be interesting if it was like an opposing thing and then we had to have a whole conversation and we're just like, wait, the spirit trying to tell us something else? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that, but let's see. In our fast, loud, reactive, comparative world where an instant response is so often expected and at times even a currency, it can feel almost impossible to take a breath, let alone give ourselves the space to rest, wait, and reset. We're so often in overdrive, expecting instantaneous results over and over again. And when guidance doesn't come at these extreme speeds, it can feel as though something's gone wrong. But often, not receiving guidance is guidance in itself. When you ask for guidance and don't receive it, it can often mean wait. It's not time yet. The details are being woven. Our challenge is to keep trusting when on the surface it appears that nothing is happening, to remember that no matter how long or bitter the winter, spring does always come, to remember that you don't need to solve all of the world's problems in a single day, and that perhaps they'll be solved with some perspective and a good night's sleep. This card is your permission to slip to slow down, switch off and rest. You're being reminded to have patience and to trust the mystery of life, to trust that things are being woven on your behalf. It may not be happening to the timeline that you'd like, but if you gather up the patience, it will be orchestrated better than you can ever imagine. And the inquiry says, how can you slow down, be more patient and wait? <laughs> I think that's perfect. So what do you feel mm -hmm. is in that message? There's so much in that message. I really get this, this truth about how important it is to slow down, to slow yeah. our busy mind, to chill, right? To yeah. rest. And so it feels like 
that in general is so important. So if that's what cannabis can do for you, if you're here and you feel like, yeah, it does give that to me, it does give me a slowing down, it does give me a rest feeling or a chill feeling, it's a signal that it's good for you and you don't need to worry about the judgment, you don't need to worry about you know, um, any of the stigma, it's like you are your inner guide and that, that rest. I think the other thing that I'm getting is that mm. however you choose to rest, however you choose to relax and slow down, it doesn't matter. It's just important that you do. So if it doesn't make you feel chill, it doesn't make you feel relaxed, then it's not for you. But you know, if you're here listening, and that's what it does for you, then it feels just like unconditional permission to go rest is good. Relaxation mm. is good. Don't overthink it, you know, enjoy, yeah. enjoy the moment. And if you're using cannabis, or you're using meditation or tea, you know, it's all about slowing down and relaxing and enjoying. So yeah, that's really what I feel with that card. I'm getting really emotional again because I feel like I'm like connecting this message to something that I like realized yesterday because um, I have a really hard time slowing down sometimes and like not being in a state of like, and this might be surprising to some people, like pushing or striving or like reaching to that next level of my business. And I'm reading a book on narcissism. I've been going through a big journey of like realizing that um, a primary like adult caretaker in my life will just say um, it has narcissistic personality disorder and like how much um, to get that person's attention that you constantly are trying to like be the best you can be and excel at things because you're like, oh, they give me positive attention. They give me like love and adoration. And so it just set that off in me at a really young age um, of like wanting to be the best grades, right? Like the perfect, it's a part of like the goody two shoes. Like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you know, everyone loves me, you know, being the best baton twirler and like literally intensely as a middle schooler, like practicing several hours a day because I knew that I got this adult's attention. You can see I'm trying to be very careful. Um, and it, and it, I realize that it's so connected in business. And I think it's one of the reasons that this really helps me slow down and it helps me like reconnect to like, it's not just about like what I'm doing right now. It's like who I'm being and it's like what I'm creating and that I'm worthy enough to rest and that I don't have to do another thing uh, this year in this lifetime to be worthy. But like, I think it's just like, it's hitting that tender spot because I think that I realize that it actually is like that it's my medicine for that as well right now, because I, um, I know that there's a lot of, um, spiritual business owners that probably would be listening to this. Um, and a lot of them do have a one or both parents that are narcissists and, um, it's because it, I do. if you don't become a narcissist, okay, see, it swings you to the ultimate, like the huge empathetic, like extreme side where you feel everything. And that's why we're such good healers and coaches. But, um, at the same time, it's, um, it's like having that part. And I think you and I have even had some candid conversations that like, we really have to work hard to like slow down in our business and to not just be pushing forward. And like, we do fall into those places or I do of like sometimes comparing myself or feeling like unworthy of charging something because I had a slow month, you know, like I go through all of that shit and it, it's really related to my childhood of just feeling like, 
I had someone that was really disinterested in me unless I did something amazing that reflected great on them that they wanted to give a lot of attention to because narcissistic parents, like I took a big detour, I know, but narcissistic parents, like they only want to like use you as it relates to their image, you know what I mean? And what's going to make them look really good. And so it's been such a big healing journey and I just connected in this moment that it's totally my medicine for that and um, helping me like slow down because the feminine is not natural. That's why I'm obsessed with it <laughs> because it's not natural for me and I feel like I've had to like work really hard for it to like, you know, feel good and comfortable, you know, and like a place I could stay, not just producing and doing and, you know, being the best all the time. So um yeah, I, That's I just amazing. had to like spill that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, as you're saying that it's part of your medicine, something that I was hearing is it's also an area for you to release having to be perfect and embrace mm -hmm. the fact that you smoke cannabis on more levels within yourself, because I know you're talking mm -hmm. about it now more. So not only is it your medicine for healing that, but it's also a place where you can grow unconditional acceptance even if they wouldn't think because maybe it's something that wouldn't reflect good on them or well on them completely so an area that you may be suppressing a little bit when you're around them or even just within yourself being like i can own this unless my person found out and then it would be a you know so it's kind of an area where you can grow that unconditional love and acceptance for yourself as well as use it for medicine you're so spot on and that's the biggest reason why i hit it because um, I just realized, wow, I'm working really hard to make this, uh, you know, adult in my life proud of me so that they'll love me. So I feel like I can receive their love and th their attention. And, um, so I was a secret cigarette smoker, like in my twenties and maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit in my early thirties, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I feel like, you so many of us are so programmed to just be like the perfect one that like seems flawless and we it takes so much effort and energy to mm -hmm. like hold up that facade it's fucking exhausting and it's it burns people out and like they're not going to be in touch with their best self and their highest frequency when they're spending most of their energy just trying to manage like you know, what everyone else thinks about them. Like it's a fucking mm -hmm. waste of time. And I just don't, I unsubscribed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think I you did a long time ago as well. Yeah. And I was just kind of thinking for those of you that have businesses, cause I know that's, a, you know, your, your audience, we already deal with the pressure of like, do I look good enough for this? Or is my, you know, like Insta stories, it's like, oh, we'll just do like a natural one, no makeup. And then I'll be like this, I'm like, oh, no makeup? Is it really no makeup? Okay, fine. Or like, you know, it's that constant journey of like, you're saying that comparison and showing up and being perfect and having everything flawless and no typos and blah, blah, blah. Plus throw on trying to admit that you use cannabis and the judgment that could, it's almost like I can't handle that because I'm trying to be perfect in all these other ways. And that would just, you know, everyone would see that I'm definitely not perfect or something, but that's just so funny when you, you know, um, when you think about embracing who you are, it's like, what is this perfect thing, you know? And I feel like perfect isn't a word that should be reserved for humans it's like perfect is like that is a right angle it's a perfect angle <laughs> it's not a human thing right like we are 
a collage. So yeah, as you were saying that, it just kind of hit me like on top of the pressure to be perfect and have the best emails and images and business names and whatever else. There's also, if you do smoke cannabis or you use cannabis in any way, it's like, you're also hiding that because that's like the ultimate, you know, not perfect apparently, but I think mm -hmm. you're awesome. <laughs> I think you're amazing. And I feel like it once, like I mentioned it, like then you and several of my clients or friends of mine kind of came forward and they're like, me too. And so I do feel like most likely like my ideal client either smokes weed or they don't give a fuck that I do. One mm -hmm. of the two, mm -hmm. probably not my ideal client. And like if I did hide it for a while and then they found out like at some point and it would like be a problem, I'd rather like actually just kind of have them know who I am. And I feel like, um, it kind of, it's really related to our magnetism, the things that might be kind of polarizing. I actually think it makes people more magnetic and the people that are your ideal clients are going to usually, they're going to feel more pulled to you. So mm -hmm. I, I love think that. that our friendship really deepened that we became like more magnetic to each other as like being like, oh, we should just be like, I'm like business besties because <laughs> we just get each other and we can have all these deep conversations that maybe we can't with other people. And your clients are usually looking for that kind of person mm. as well. And if you're just trying to be really vanilla and hiding all these things, they can't make those connections with you. Mm. I love that. That's so true. It's like they got to know how to find you, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is there anything else before we close out this conversation? Because I think you and I could probably go on so many tangents and so many little offshoots with this. We might even have to come back and like, you know, mm -hmm. have, have another more specific talk about it because I, I love this topic. But what, do, what else do you want to say to feel complete on this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I really want to just point to being okay with yourself and kind of coming back to that medicine piece and looking at all the things that you do that benefit you, that make you feel good as medicine. So going for a walk in nature, drinking beautiful water, stretching, meditating, and not, you know, really trying hard to realize that um, if someone else doesn't agree with what you do, that's really on them. That's really their stuff. I actually have a podcast episode released today called what people think of you is none of your business because it is about them and there's rich stigma and there's people they knew that, you know, were too stoned here or there and they've got all their stories and they've got all their stuff, but whatever works for you is all the permission that you need and mm. being, you know, in that really looking at if this is serving me, then I'm just going to love it anyway. And I think that that's been the journey for me that's allowed me to really just, you know, I'm a good parent. I'm a responsible human. I've got a successful business. I've got brilliant clients that have amazing results. Most importantly, I keep getting better and better and stronger and healthier and more solid in my mind and better at manifesting and more amazing things in my life. So I'm not going to spend the time thinking I'm not good enough or wondering if this is bad or this is wrong or what if they knew. I just don't have time for that. I just don't have energy for that in my space anymore. So I'm just kind mm. of wanting to encourage you, whatever it is that you do, people are not going to get it and people are going to love it. So <laughs> might as well do what you, you know, what, what calls to you because there are going to be people, especially if you have a business and you stand for something, 
There will be people that unsubscribe or that have an opinion about it. But there's going to be a lot of people that love you even more. And ultimately, if it feels good for you, that is what's right. That's your intuition. That is what is meant for you. So just kind of giving anyone who feels this type of resistance and weirdness around it, that permission that it, you don't have to be in people's face if that doesn't feel comfortable, but you also don't have to hide it. You don't have to hide any mm. piece of who you are. Fuck yes to all of that. Um, for me to feel complete, one would be a disclosure. I had a gummy like maybe 10 minutes before we started. So I feel like in the trajectory of this conversation, I feel like maybe the last half of it or so is probably when that would come online. Because typically for me, I notice that it's like a 30 to 45 minute window, like where I won't feel anything. And then it'll kind of like subtly like make itself known. I was very afraid of gummies until recently. There's been a lot of fear instilled in me and I'm like, what if it's too intense and I can't handle it? I still kind of feel like a lightweight, but I'm getting more comfortable because I feel like I've had to like run my own experiments like when I feel safe just to kind of, you know, understand the timeline of things and how it's mm -hmm. going to affect me. Uh, so there's that disclosure. My question for you is um, sativa, indica, like hybrid blend, like what typically are you choosing to pair with business? Mm, I love that. Um, I kind of actually just now I just got some more hybrid um, in a cartridge and then also some flower, which I've actually been doing both where sativas in the day, which I know is what it's typically for and indicas at night. Um, mm -hmm. I don't do super strong indica because I have no problem sleeping. In fact, I'm trying to stay up till 11 so I can just have some time with my husband. <laughs> yes. So I really like sativa in the day. I definitely notice a big difference when I'm creating and writing and chatting with friends or clients or whatever. I just find it's like this really good um, go, 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 or not go, go, go. I shouldn't say that flow. It's like continuous flow energy. But yes. at the end of the night, my husband and I will like have a nice indica capper on the night and it's such a relaxant. So I guess the answer is I do all of it. Um, yes. Typically though, I do break it up indica at night and sativa in the day. Sativa for business. Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. my usual choice. And even if you read the descriptions, like if you go to like the place that I go looks kind of like an Apple store of weed. And literally, like, just like you see every kind of person at the Apple store, you see every kind of person at the weed store. And mm -hmm. it just makes me happy just seeing how much diversity it is, even though all these people are probably not out. Probably at least half the people you know smoke weed, even if you don't know mm -hmm. that they do. That would be mm -hmm. my guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. And I think this, even the strains make a difference too, right? Like, yeah. you know, that's why I, I love just playing around. And I like that now there it's legal here. It's legal too. And there's stores and I will go in. I'm like, okay, I'm going away for a weekend. I'm like writing my book. Like what's a good, you know, or, or, yeah. um, you know, what's good for just chill time. What's good. You know, and I like that you can mm. actually talk to somebody about that now. And cause before it was just your buddy who'd drop off something and he'd, <laughs> and he'd always be like, Oh, it's African Kush. And you're like, I don't know what you're even talking about. <laughs> right. It was always some sort of like Northern lights or something. Um, but I like that now too, is that you can experiment. And I didn't really know the difference. I'd learned about Indica and Sativa, but now that we can actually, try it out mm -hmm. it is a big difference for me and I do find too much indica exactly like you said if you're trying to do stuff in windows and browsers or lists I find I almost go like what was I doing I feel like I should be doing something else you know so I find in the day it's just a little yeah. bit too much um, because I want to function and I have all the stuff to do in the day but at night 
snow too much because me, it's just me and my husband chilling. So, <laughs> so perfect. I love this conversation. I, I'm going to have Solange drop some links of like where people can find you or check you out. And, and I'll have you say it out loud as well for anyone that's like listening. Where can people yeah. stay connected with you or work with you? Yeah, definitely. So the, the social medias are great. Um, I've kind of refound my love of Instagram. I'm kind of here and there on social media, but for business, I love it. So I feel like I'm late to the Instagram party because <laughs> I've kind of re-come back to be like, ooh, stories are so fun and posting's fun. And so I'm on Instagram a lot, also Facebook. Both of them are at Talia Joy Manifestation. And so those are my socials and then my podcast. I would love to hear how you you know, enjoy the podcast. I'd love to have you tune in. It's called the Awakening Her podcast. And yes, Ashley did a, an episode about money manifestation. And that was really fun. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I will put everything that we just said in the show notes. So if you want to go back to it and just click the links for Talia. And I'm sure that we're going to be, we would, we were just saying before this that we'd love to like create more things together or collaborate mm -hmm. together because I just have more fun when I get to like work with another person. And sometimes in this like Zoom business world, time of COVID, it's like really nice just to have someone else that you get to be with and mm -hmm. collaborate with and get excited about stuff with. So I have a feeling that we'll be doing other things. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but. Mm -hmm. And I love that our audiences are similar and we both look at it. This is just also like a random business tip, but there's no lack. There's no stealing or like when you get together with like-minded people and combine yep. and serve each other's audiences and like get in there. It's so, that's what makes it fun, right? It's like, that's the there's no competition. D, right? Yeah. It's not competition. It's collaboration. So, I feel the same with you. And that's something that I've heard people say, don't get anyone on your podcast that does a similar thing to what you do because you might lose listeners or whatever. It's like, it's all love. It's all collaboration. That's what I feel with you too. So I just can't wait Completely. to serve massive amounts of people together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stop here. Also, again, we could easily take up a whole nother hour. Uh, I think that's what happened is we talked for like an extra hour beyond recording your podcast. So that's yeah. our MO. So we're just going to shut it off now here. But if you caught the replay or you have like comments of what you learned or what your questions are, we'll still watch the space. So yeah. bye everybody. Thank bye. you so much. Thank you.